May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be just what we need to hear today. Here we are in our third Sunday in Advent 2023, and I think it's very appropriate that this morning be the day when we celebrate joy, the morning when we're going to have our kids uh, do a, a little Christmas program for us, the morning when we had our kids gathered around the Advent candle. They are a source of great, great joy in all of our lives. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think that you know what God's will is for you? Do you think that you know what God's will is for your life? People ask, is this or is that God's will for me or for our organization or for our family or for our church? Did such and such happen because it was God's will? Would you like to know what God's will is for you? I'm going to be very brief this morning and yet explain it to you very simply. I can tell you absolutely, without any question in my mind, that God's will, what God's will is for you. Larry just read it for us, read it very plainly. Paul says, be joyful always. Pray continually, give thanks in all things. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There it is. God's will for you and for me is that we be joyful, that we remember to pray, and that we remember to give thanks in good times and in bad. I'm guessing that, and I'm hoping that most of us do okay with praying. After all, we're here in church this morning. We have prayed and we will pray again together. And I hope that you don't find it too difficult to do that at home or in the car as you're driving to work or wherever you might be going or as you take a walk. Prayer walks are a wonderful thing. I hope that prayer is not difficult for you. And I hope you don't have too much difficulty giving thanks. Now, there are times in our lives when it's a little bit difficult to be thankful. It's a little bit more challenging because things aren't going the way we think they ought to. But I want to focus this morning, just for a couple of minutes, on this idea of being joyful. Joyful always. One philosopher, theologian, wrote it this way. Joy is the most undeniable, infallible sign of the presence of God. The Old Testament is a book of joy. The Jewish encyclopedia tells us that no that, that this, the language, no, no language on earth has ever had as many words for the word joy as has the old Hebrew language. Hebrew religious ritual focuses on God as the source of joy. Israelite worship was a joyous time of celebration. It was about happiness. And of course, the New Testament is a book of joy, a book of good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ who came to die for us. This is God's will for us, to pray continuously, to remember to give thanks in all circumstances, and to be joyful. Sometimes we forget in our Christian journey that we have a duty to be joyful. Maybe it's built on in the joyfulness of children that caused Jesus to use a little child when he talked about the kingdom of God. As long as children feel loved, as long as they are showing love, their joy shows forth, doesn't it? Even in the worst situations. 
For us adults, one of the things that makes Christmas so joyful is not anything we get, but seeing the expressions of wonder and joy in the, on the faces of the little children on Christmas morning. Sometimes we forget in our Christian journey that the children teach us much. The joy of children teach us much about the kingdom of God. And as long as children feel loved and they show forth that joy, we learn from them. We learn that if you're happy, show it, because that's what they do. Good advice I saw once on a plaque in a pastor's office. It said this, if you have the joy of Jesus, please notify your face. What is God's will for your life? Be joyful. We need lots of joys in our lives. I read recently that Google searches for how to be happy since the onset of COVID have increased just ridiculously. Lots of people are searching. They're looking for what, brings them, what will bring them happiness. People need joy in their lives. They need laughter. They need to enjoy themselves, have a good time, laugh together. Somewhere I read about a Sunday school teacher who had given her class an assignment to read Isaiah chapter 9 for their Advent lesson. And the next Sunday she asked the class how many of them had remembered the chapter. Oh, everybody's hand went up, of course. They all remembered the chapter, right? She said, that's wonderful. I've got a special prize for each of you who can complete the second half of this verse. The people who walked in the darkness... How many of you know the rest of that verse? The people who walked in the darkness. What's the rest of it? Have seen a great light. Well, the kids had some different answers. One kid said the people who walked in darkness used less electricity. Another kid said the people who walked in darkness stubbed their toes a lot. Another said they spent most of their time sleeping. Another said they were probably burglars. And finally... They could really use a flashlight. One more Christmas story. Years ago, during the Christmas season, when the ACLU was insisting that a large uh, nativity scene be removed from the Texas State Capitol and that the Christmas tree come down, the governor at that time, Ann Richards, said this. Oh, I'd hate to see that happen. This could be the only time we'll ever get three wise men to come to this building. I hope you don't mind a little, little humor this morning. The psalmist writes, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The mother of the brilliant German poet, he was also a playwright and an author whose name was Gaith, once wrote these simple but meaningful lines. I rejoice in my life because the lamp still glows. I seek no thorny ways. I love the small pleasures of life. If the doors are too low, I bend. If I can remove a stone from the path, I do so. If it's too heavy, I go around it. If I find something in every day that pleases me, the cornerstone, my belief in God, makes my heart glad and keeps my face shining. Who could put it any better than that? An unknown writer wrote these words, Christian joy comes from the simple and beautiful pleasures in life. 
It comes from loving and being loved. It comes from walking daily with God. It comes from believing that God has a plan for us and that the path that God leads us on leads us to pleasures forevermore. New Testament scholar William Barclay, in a comment about the wedding at the Feast of Cana, wrote these words. Remember, Jesus was at a big party, a wedding reception. And he said, Jesus was perfectly at home at a wedding feast. He was no severe, austere killjoy. He loved to share in the happy rejoicing of a wedding feast. There are certain religious people who would shed a gloom wherever they go. There are certain people who are suspicious of joy and happiness. To them, religion is the thing of black clothes, the lowered voice, the expulsion of social fellowship. They descend like a gloom wherever they go. Jesus never counted it a crime to be happy. Why should his followers do so? Why is right? What is God's will for my life? What is God's will for your life? That we be joyful, that we pray without ceasing, and that we give thanks in all circumstances. And especially, let's be joyful during this special season of Advent as we wait for Jesus' coming. Amen.